The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. Delicious local cucumbers from Seeds Farm, tomatoes, Harmony Valley greens, Featherstone kale, fresh herbs, and plenty more fresh vegetables are arriving at Lakewinds co-ops each day. Try brushing radicchio, kale, or romaine heads and cut lemons with olive oil and laying them on the grill for a light char. Then squeeze that grilled lemon on the lettuce and sprinkle with Parmesan cheese shreds for a fresh take on summer salads. Melons, stone fruits, and all the berries are arriving at Lake Winds for all the tarts, shortcakes, buckles, crisp galettes, and pies that make summer in Minnesota. Make sure to use the best organic grass-fed butter and cream from our local dairies when making homemade ice cream or whipped cream toppings. And the best part of all this is you can get it delivered from Instacart. Order online and get same-day or next-day delivery. There's no membership required to shop at Lake Winds, and you can support your local farmers by shopping at your neighborhood co-ops wherever they are. If you can't make it to Lakewinds, visit any of your neighborhood food co-ops, but you can find Lakewinds in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. Find more at lakewinds.com. Talk 107.1. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are so happy that you guys are with us today. We have a holdover from the Ask Stephanie portion. We have Tori on the line. Hey, Tori, what's going on? Hi. Um, so I'm actually going to a socially distanced barbecue later today, and I'm hoping to get like make a fresh summer salad and about to head to the Northeast Farmer's Market. So just any ideas for something kind of fresh and, and dressing ideas as well. So here's what I did last night for my daughter's birthday party, um, you know, dinner on our porch. Um, and it's just kind of very, it's not its not anything like spectacularly like crazy, but it was really good, which is I just took a huge platter and I put arugula down on it and I tossed it with olive oil and a little bit of lemon and salt. And I just sort of tossed that around and then I spread it out. And then I put some big fat tomato slices that I had chopped, you know, or just sliced. And then... Um, and I put those on top of that, and then I hit it again with a little bit of olive oil, and then I put on the like fresh ricotta, which you can buy in the store, and I, I kind of mix a little bit of cream and salt and pepper in there, and I did sort of like blobs of that all over, and that, so you don't really need a dressing, you don't, it's kind of fresh, but it, you people can pull the parts of it that they want, you know, into right. whatever pieces, that's, and then I threw a little bit of basil on top too. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. I would say another, um, well, a couple things on my website, stephaniesdish.com. I did a whole thing about summer salads and there's a bunch of recipes and some dressings there. But if you're wanting to take it to somewhere, I think it's kind of important to dress it at the last minute. So I'm going to recommend you pick up the blueberry basil salad girl. Cause I think to me that tastes like summer in a bottle. Um, and you just can use any of the greens that you get from the farmer's market. You can use fresh chives from the farmer's market. You can use cucumbers. You can use tomatoes. And then just hit it with that blueberry basil and toss it up. There's something about that combination between the blueberry and the basil mm -hmm. that just, to me, is summer. Cool. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Well, there you Thanks. go. And Good then you don't have to her. dress it till the last minute because you just bring the bottle with you. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's all good. Um, it's time for the top two in our two. It sure is. Give him the old 
And now the weekly dish presents Top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. Alright, give me two with it, with it, Alright, this is the time of the show where we talk about a couple of things that we are just thinking about and obsessed about this week. Go ahead, you can start. Okay, so here it is. I went last night and had a burger that was an epic burger and a burger for the ages. It is a place, the signage on the outside of the building is Bay Street Grill. It's at 7th Street and Randolph in St. Paul, but it's going to be Burger Dive. They just don't have the new signs yet. And yesterday was the first day they opened. And Burger Dive has had a great burger. I had it at Tony Jaro's. They were doing the burgers there, which they are no longer They also have a Burger Dive location up in Potluck at Roseville. So we went for their first day, and my husband had a wedge salad burger, which is a great idea for a burger. I just love that. It's kind of iceberg lettuce with the tomatoes and the bacon and the blue cheese on a burger. I had the nacho burger, and it had, like, real fried, like, chips, jalapenos. The burger was spicy. It had tomatoes. It had some sour cream. It had some salsa. It was kind of sloppy, yeah. but I mean, maybe it's because I haven't had a burger in a long time, but it felt pretty life-changing and I cannot (laughs) wait to have it again. And just the smell, bringing it up to your face was like, kind of smelled like a taco and then the bun was perfectly griddled. It was just a delicious, delicious burger. Good. Loved it. They do well. I think that yeah, they've done well burger. ever since they've started. They understand how to smash and they know what to go up. It is a smash burger. Yep. Yep. It's pretty good. So this is taking over. This is where is it? It's on West 7th. West 7th and Randolph is the cross street. It took over the Taviel. Was that it? Bay Street Grill. Oh, it was the Bay Street Grill. So this is now Bay Street Burger Dive. Yeah. It's a dive bar on the inside. There's even mirrors, you know, like how we're in the 80s. Like maybe there was a dance floor at one point. I oh, don't know. Sweet. But they had a very, they had a patio outside. I sat out on the patio. I didn't even go into the restaurant, and it was great. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so my first one is actually Cocktail Week, which kicks off tomorrow. I don't even know about. This. I know it's 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 kind of a it's an it's it's a thing that a bunch of restaurants are doing in Minnesota. You know, Pure and Clear Ice is doing is helping them out with it. Um, it's basically a bunch of bars who are coming together to bring um, a really cool initiative forward. So here's what's happening. Uh, it's kind of kicks off this week. It's August 23rd through the 26th. You can order your cocktail kits from these participating places. Baltimore, Lolito in Stillwater, the Hewing Hotel, Parlor, Meteor Bar, Martina, St. Dinette, Spoon and Stable, Revival, Travail, Young Joni, all super high-end awesome bars, right? Okay. So you order your cocktail kit from them, you know, any of these times. You pick up your cocktail uh kit on the 29th um and each kit creates between six and eight spritz cocktails we love a spritz i do it's basically a spritz in a shell and so then you get to make those at home but there's entertainment for you because uh al church if you guys don't know al church he's one of our just best local singer guys i love him he was part of a a, a hollow notes tribute band called private oats which i loved um, but he's giving a concert uh, uh, up on the Hewing rooftop, and two lucky individuals who buy those kits are going to win golden tickets to attend the concert, sort of socially safe and distant. Fun. But everybody else gets to watch it online. 
So you get to get this con if you buy, you get a special like access to the cocktail week. I love this concert. idea. Isn't this a great idea? Yes. Yep. So it'll be on Facebook Live, but then, um, and you know, so here's, and then like some of the cocktails that are being like handed out these spritzes. Think about the Hewings has a pineapple, yellow bell pepper, tarragon spritz. Yum. Isn't that sound delicious? Um, you know, Parlor, they're doing a lemon, basil, and Prosecco one. So all of this is really, I think, fun and a great idea. So this is. is cocktail week. I'm going to put a little, a little thing up on the. I'll put it a link up on the Facebooks. This is super fun. I know. Yeah, That's I like saying. that idea. Um, all right. So mine is kind of a twofer. Okay. Because I went to Certix after the radio show last week, and first of all, my cart was so embarrassing. This lady was like, oh, you must be having a great party. I was like, nope, just me and my husband at the cabin. Yeah. (laughs) But I have a lot of uh, my family comes through the cabin. So for whatever reason, I've stocked us all summer. And uh, I picked up these two chicks canned cocktails. Have you had these? Yes, many times. They were pretty good. Like I kind of have low expectations for canned cocktails typically. But I do like them for the boat because it's just easy and my kid likes them. Yep. So I had a tequila grapefruit cocktail, but they also have a vodka elderflower and pear cocktail that I bought. Yes. Um, Gin, apple and cucumber cocktail. So they're a little um, different in the flavor profile than a truly, which I really appreciated. Yeah. But because they're actual cocktails. Like, yeah, the difference is like when you're talking about like truly those are seltzers, you know, the hard seltzer thing, which is usually a malt beverage. That's one of the things that I don't like about it. You get that weird malty aftertaste. That's never I don't love that. Never. But I want. Yeah, I I love the uh, these cocktails have a really nice. They're a little sweet for me, but they have. um, But it's liquor. You know what I mean? It's booze. It's tequila. So it's good. Let me tell you what I did with it, because I also bought this Luna Paloma mix. Yeah. And this is a frozen mix that's made by the same people in Minnesota that made the boot the bootleg mix. Yeah. And so I had that and that's like a grapefruit base. So I was like, huh, I've got this grapefruit base and I've got this canned cocktail that tastes pretty good, but could be a little better maybe if I right? add a little bit of the Luna Paloma. Yeah. So I mixed those two things. It was amazing. I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. The Prairie Organic just came out with their own their cocktail I saw too. them have you had them I tried one I tried uh which one did I try I know that there's a grapefruit one there's yep. a bootleg one and then, then there was a cucumber lemonade which was delightful not too sweet and that's the thing it was good it okay. was very good I liked the cucumber lemonade I didn't I didn't actually sip the other two but okay yeah I thought it was pretty I mean because that's again it's vodka and that's a totally different thing right so two chicks can cocktail with Luna Paloma mix all right perfect all right my last one you guys is Charlie T's smokehouse which is now open up in in Cahoot in Hamill, Minnesota. So Charlie Torgerson, you guys, if you remember, he's one of our pals. He's, um, you know, he has RC's Barbecue at the State Fair. And he's just, you know what, the thing of the truth of it is, he's been with, he was with Famous Daves for 20 years during the heyday. Like, a lot of what Famous Daves is is because of Charlie Torgerson. So... Charlie, uh, but Charlie left to go do his own thing and he's been doing it for a long time. And the RCs at the fair was part of it. And he told me the best part was like when the fair got canceled, he and I were messaging back and forth. And he was like, well, I guess this is the first Labor Day day off in like a hundred years. And I was like, well, okay. Well, no, he can't sit still. (laughs) Charlie is a guy who's like, he's got to go and do stuff. So he, he launched this uh, barbecue trailer and it's, it's in Hamill, Minnesota, which is direct West on 55, um, you know, from the Twin Cities. And it's it's a great little trailer and it's a great little dive bar. In Cahoots is a great dive bar. 
And you have to go into the bar and then walk through it to get to the patio because, so that he can have a liquor license out there. But he's got some tables. If you want to head out from the city, there's a couple, you know, there's out patio seating. You can get the barbecue and sit and have a beer. And he's just, he, it's just really delicious. And it's really great to have that kind of barbecue out in the boondocks. I like it. That's what I'm saying. All right, you guys. There's our top twos and our twos. We got the good stuff. We're going to take a quick break. You guys, when we come back, I am going to give you the fall cookbook preview so you can get psyched for ordering books and getting ready for cooking season. We'll be right back. This is a Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. And I know you're wondering, who is Common Ground, Minnesota again? Well, let me tell you. It's women in agriculture. These are women farmers who are right here in Minnesota volunteering their time to talk to you guys about food and how it's grown and how and why they grow it. That's Common Ground. Common Ground is, you know, a place where you can go and you can ask those questions about why they grow the food that they're growing and how they're growing it and how that affects the, your family and what they're eating. This is the greatest part about these guys is that they're just up for discussion because, of course, we all love to talk about food, right? So at Common Ground Minnesota, they have a new website, commongroundminnesota.com, and it's a great new site with, it's got farmers, it's got topics, it's got a great blog, it's got heat recipes, there's farm dogs. I don't know what else you could ask for, really. Common Common Ground Minnesota is a great spot. You can also check them out on Instagram at Common Ground M-I-N-N. And of course on Facebook at Common Ground Minnesota. It's a great place for everybody to go and have a conversation. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are uh, people who love cooking and we know that that's why you're here. And we are people who love cookbooks. Yes. (laughs) So we think that you might be with us for that too. Um, I am, so as I, you know, in the first hour, you guys, we did a little segment where I talked about how I cooked the Heartland book from the Heartland book. I literally looked at my shelf and I, and you understand that when I moved three years ago, I still have books in bags in a closet in a room in my house that I have not pulled out. So I have so many cookbooks that I sort of am feeling weird about it that I don't ever look at them, you know? I need a new kitchen so I can have more. I know. (laughs) And so one of the things that I wanted to make sure to do is to look at all my old books and like really actually use them and kind of celebrate them before I go and buy a whole bunch of new ones because I got to tell you, fall's looking real good. (laughs) Yeah, it does look good. There's a lot, a lot of great stuff. And I have to tell you, remember last week we talked about um, the newsletters that I'm sort of obsessed Uh with on Substack. Well, Paula Forbes, she has stained page news is her, uh, it's her uh, it's her Substack. It's her newsletter that comes out and she focuses on cookbooks. And so what I love about hers is that she just really goes through them all and looks at it and kind of really gets into all all the time. So she's got the fall. She's got all the intel that we're looking for for what's coming out this fall. So I thought I would whip through a couple of them that I'm really excited about. And we can kind of talk about it and I'll put a link up, but I don't know if you have to subscribe to get to them or not, but we'll see. Um, I want to start with the idea of baking because I feel like baking is going to kick off again in a big way. Yeah. Once we get into fall, I mm-hmm. think so. And I think so. And there's one that, that we are going, that I want to celebrate right off the bat, which is a hundred cookies by Sarah Kiefer, yeah. who is our local, you know, pan banging queen of all things. Um, she's the vanilla bean blog lady, but her book, and I think it got profiled in the star tribune. It did. So, uh, but we're going to have her on cause I just got my copy of it. And so I'm super excited by that. And, She's going to talk about, obviously, her pan-banging cookies, but she's also doing, like, red wine, cherry, cheesecake, swirl bars, uh, s'mores cookies, snickerdoodles, marshmallow, peanut butter, brownies. 
This is like Sarah's got the tickets to make it like a huge impact in the cookie world. I'm super excited by that. But her book releases this week. So okay. that's super exciting for that one. But the other baking one I thought, which was funny for all of us, was the Bunt Collection. There's a guy, Brian Hoffman. He is doing a Bunt Pan cookbook with 128 variations on the classic cake. Can you, st- I mean, like, I feel like that's a huge thing. That- Bunt cakes are really beautiful to present. Yes. And they are so lovely. Um, do you watch the British Baking Show? I don't even know. Yes. Okay. Do you know that there's a British Baking book coming out? No. I feel like this is for the people who are obsessed with the show or have at least and a they're going to make trifles at home. Well, it's sort of like. <laughs> and clotted cream. It is. It's kind of like the context. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's things on there that people are like, I don't know what that is. And so this one is a heavily researched book. It's called, uh, it's the British Baking Book. Um, and it's basically, it covers a hundred classic British baked goods like pink frosted Tottenham cake. Jam layered Victoria sandwich cake and the quintessential tea loaf, if you will. Um, so all of those kind of things that I think maybe that the people are like, what is that? This kind of brings it into your house. Right. I mean, I mean, you must be excited for that. Um, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a gourmet. Claire Saffitz has a book coming out from the gourmet test kitchens. You know, or from the Bon Appetit test kitchens. And I feel like I feel bad for her because I feel like it's all it's a, shaded in shade now. Yeah, bad time right now. But she does bon have Appetit. a dessert person, Claire Saffitz. If you do love her and people do love her. Um, there's Pies Cake coming out, you guys. Get ready for Pie Academy, The Pie Room, The Book on Pie. Like so much pie coming out this this year coming up. I think could this could be the year of pie. I think every year is the year of pie. <laughs> think of how many slab pies. We always talk about we it. We do talk a lot about pie. I know. Um, okay, so if you're wor- if you're thinking that you're excited about chef books, you know, kind of things coming out, I think you should know that kind of the big one of the year that people are talking about is uh, the Momofuku book. Uh, what's it called? Um, Peach... Can I just confess? Oh, yeah. Something I'm about so peach. over these chef books that you can't actually make any of the recipes. Oh, well, this is I think this is more of a memoir thing, maybe. Um, the 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 peach one. Why can't I find that one? Oh, here. This is a memoir. These are memoirs. There's there's all these kinds of David Chang's. Uh, it's called Eat a Peach by David Chang. I and like it's food memoirs. It's a food memoir. Right. So this is and I think there are recipes in most of these. Maybe not. But are you feeling like you want to read restaurant people's food memoirs? Yeah. Okay. More than I want to cook their food. Right. Okay. I always like a good food memoir. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Harold McGee, I think I would read that one. You know, he's the, like the science guy behind, you know. Yeah. I don't do food science. That's your wheelhouse. Yeah. But this is, but this is, this is really cool. This is nosedive. He's, Harold McGee looks at how, how noses interact with the molecules that trigger smells and what effects they have on us. Right? No? Okay, I'm in for that. I'm so in for that. Here's one that I think you might like if you're interested in. This is the front of house and back of house. Uh, It's by this um, Wilson, this author, who is basically a University of New Mexico sociology professor, but it looks at, it's a study on three separate high-end restaurants in Los Angeles and disparities between the largely white front of house staff and the largely Latinx immigrant staff in the kitchen. So it's kind of this interesting study, that kind of thing. I would love because it's also, yeah, it's restaurant world, but it's a sociological standpoint, which also means that it's not so, you know, hyped, I guess, is a thing. 
Are you ready for that one? Uh, no. no. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's a lot of single subject coming out, you guys. Like, if you want to, this is, of course, write down our, personally, this may be the first one I get, hot cheese. I'm telling you, <laughs> hot cheese. Cheese is all I think about. Think about it. Melted pizza, cheeseburgers, mac and cheese. Anything that has hot cheese, I'm in there. Quesadillas. Why am I obsessed with quesadillas? The cheese. Hot cheese. I'm. This book could have been written for me personally. Is what I haven't I made like. a quesadilla in honestly like 15 years. I well, I know there's something so wrong about that. that I is, need to make more quesadillas. So the weird part is though about this one is like I don't know if I need a cookbook to teach me about hot right. cheese. Like you know what I mean? Like it's that's a little strange. Um, there's a brunch book coming out, Let's Brunch, by Belinda Smith-Sullivan. A lot of people are still loving, you know, the brunch idea. And now I think they're doing more of it at home. Um, sheet pan chicken. You've got more fermentation as metaphor. I think I might get that one for you. Oh, I do like fermenting. I know. And then you have, you know, the Friends Cookbook, of course, uh, coming out. Is that um, real? Cooking anime. Yep. All those a things. A Friends Cookbook? Uh-huh. The Natural Witch Cookbook. Why? All right. I'm going to put this link up, see if you guys want to peruse it and figure out what you want to do, and then we'll cook from some of these books, I think. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 107. Okay, so it's kind of a coincidence this morning that Steph came with a bunch of cookbook information and wanted to talk about cookbooks. And I sort of inadvertently fell in this hole, too, because there was some sad news that happened this week. And that is that Macy's Lakeshore Grill that is in Southdale and Ridgedale has closed. And before it was Macy's Ridgedale Grill or Lakeshore Grill, it was uh, Marshall Fields and or Dayton's. And before that, it was Marshall Fields. So <laughs> There's many things. It has been many iterations. And I worked at the Dayton's Boundary Waters restaurant in Southdale, basically all through high school. Really? And we wore white pants and white shirts and white aprons, which just if you're a restaurateur, that's a recipe for disaster because we always looked filthy. Um, but it was a great restaurant job. And it just got me thinking about all of the great food that was served out of there and the fan favorites and, of course, the popovers. You can't really you can't really be a Minnesotan and not know about the popovers that were at Dayton's, Marshall Fields, Macy's, whatever it is that was your iteration of it, because they were just stunningly beautiful Delicious popovers, super consistent, very eggy custard inside, crispy outside, and they would be served with this honey butter. But I started thinking about like when I worked there and it's one thing to work at a restaurant. I think it's another thing to work in a department store restaurant. Because, yeah, it's totally yeah, not the same. <laughs> the hours were really great because yeah. we would close at nine o'clock on a weeknight. Yeah. But it was also like Christmas time would be a gigantic deal at the restaurant because you'd have like seasonal favorites, but all of a sudden you'd have all these ladies lunches. You'd have people that like had, uh, they'd go see Santa and we'd do Santa brunches. There was a real seasonality to the retail side of the restaurant. Yeah. And Christmas time. I mean, honestly, we would open at 11 o'clock on a Saturday and we would have a line until we would be done at like seven o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah. It would just be people lined up. Um, they had a chicken pot pie that they did in a popover mm-hmm. that they halved the popover and then put the chicken valute inside it, um, which was really popular. 
And so I started looking. I have the Marshall Fields cookbook that was the cookbook from the time that I worked there. And there are some iconic recipes from that cookbook. But there's also some recipes that came later from the Macy's Lakeshore Grill cookbook. And then even Dayton's had their own recipes. And did you ever eat there? Yes. I mean, I remember as a kid going to. Okay, so we're just you're just talking about like the the restaurant that was in Southdale and in Ridgedale. Yes, I, I ate at the Bridgedale one. Yeah, we're not talking about the the Rosewood Room downtown. The not Dayton's necessarily, one. though. There were there was a popover thing. That was a c- concurrent thing. Yeah, they you know, were the part of the group one. too. Right, right. But that wasn't the one I worked at, and I didn't eat there very did you often. Eat, you worked at Southdale. I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I mean, I remember going to the Ridgedale one, and I remember getting as as a teenager when we would you know, be in Ridgedale. And that was like where, cause that was what you did in the eighties. You hung out at the mall and we would go and try to get, we just, we couldn't afford anything but like French fries. So we'd go sit there, those poor servers now, like we would just be like, I'll have a plate of fries. I'll have a plate of fries. I'll have a plate of fries and like a diet Coke. And we would just sit and eat French fries. And they had good fries. Cause that was, they had the plank, the thick steaky yes, plank ones. They did. And that's what we ate. And that would be like, I'm sure we tipped Horribly, you know, that was your meal. That was it. Cause that's all we could afford. When I worked there, all I ate was soup because they had really great soups. They had zesty tomato soup, the chicken wild rice soup, the beer cheese soup, but they also had nachos. And that was like very like unique at the time. And they had potato skins and I fell in love with potato skins. skins there. And then I would fall in love with them all over again at TGI Fridays and now, like, I had a potato skin recently, and it was delicious. Yeah? Like, I thought it was going to be gross, and it wasn't. It was everything I wanted. I can't even remember where I had it, but I saw it on the menu, and I begged my husband. I'm like, will you please order these with me? Oh, my God. He's like, those are so gross. I was like, I know, but I just want them. And I can't order them and only eat them by myself. It's a nostalgia taste yeah. memory. Like, it doesn't actually matter if it's good or not good. It doesn't. It just, all it has to do is serve your memory. Boat with. Yeah, I never ever got into tater skins, ever. Like, I was never going to order that on a menu. The ones they did at the Dayton's, too, they would cook the, you know, have the potato horizontally, Mm -hmm. and then they would, like, scoop out that inner filling, so you really got a thickness to the skin, but it wasn't, like, just, it was, like, the perfect amount of potato to filling ratio. Yeah. I just see you talking about it. I could just you think, actually oh, God, want those it right were now. So good, I do. I'm so surprised that we haven't seen like think about this a resurgence of skins. Why? Why don't we have fancy potato skins? Why don't we have people who have done like a crab, you know, like a crab, you know? I don't know potato skin. We should because your your recipe that you do for potato chips that you put the blue cheese yeah. and. I mean, that's kind of, it could be Yeah, oh, the creme fraiche, the blue cheese, the, the buffalo sauce mm-hmm. all over my potato chips. I love Delicious. That. So here are, I did, um, our producers posting these recipes. These are from the cookbook from the time I worked there. And I'll see if any of these ring true to you. I already mentioned the cheese soup. It's, it's a, I always thought it was beer cheese soup, but it turns out there's no beer in the soup. So they call it Canadian cheese soup. But the texture <laughs> of the soup. That makes no sense to take the beer out and call it Canadian. I know. That I don't is even not know. right. But it was a great soup and it was served with the popover. So I have like these great cheese. I love cheese soup. I always order cheese soup if I see it on a menu. You do? Yes. Um, also wild rice soup, which of course, you know, Byerly's has an awesome wild rice soup recipe, but Dayton's was pretty good too. Yeah. 
Um, and this is like a creamy chicken wild yeah, rice soup. Just your basic. Your basic. St. Paul Grill was always like, you yes. know. Yes. St. Paul Grill one. has a great one, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, curried chicken salad. Now, this is literally just hunks of white meat chicken with mayonnaise and curry and raisins and almonds. But they would serve it on a croissant. They would serve it in a yeah. popover. They had kind of That's all these iterations That's a very standard food service thing. Now. Yeah. Curry chicken salad. And they also had it at the, remember the 700 under the mall? Yeah. They That was like That's a big true. seller there. That's true. Um, popovers with honey butter. There's the recipe for popovers and a recipe for the butter. Yep. Chicken pot pie. Which chicken pot pie happened in two iterations. When I worked there, it was in um, the popover. Yeah. And that was the pot pie. Later years, they put a puff pastry top on it. Wait, so it was a popover, but it had a top on it because it had a pot. Like they dug out, they just, they took it in the popover and then they put the top over back on. Nope. They would cut the popover in half vertically, open it up and then just pour the stuff And then pour the stuff on top. Yep. Oh, weird. It was good. They did a <laughs> seafood Newberg just like that. Yes. Too. I was going to say that feels like more of a seafood. Yeah. Or you could put tuna salad. <laughs> yes. Um, they had a delicious meatloaf. And what was most delicious about theirs was they had a um, red pepper sauce. So it was kind of like a ketchup. Yeah. But it was made with red pepper Think and a sauce. Think how weird this is. Like these restaurants have meatloaf. With, uh, when you, you know? I mean, you Google, they they would do this meatloaf and they had mashed, served it with mashed potatoes. It Like people ordered it all the time. Yeah. And then they would do a meatloaf sandwich special. And that was very popular too. Um, Mandarin chicken salad. I love a meatloaf sandwich. I'm just going to go back to that for a hot second. Yeah, okay, go Kurt ahead. loves a meatloaf sandwich yeah. too. In I make fact, meatloaf to have. So does, like I literally. He's like, well, you make meatloaf so I can have meatloaf sandwiches. Yeah, I was like, I make so much of it, and Jake's like, wow, and I'm like, yeah, but this part is for later. That's for the sandwich. This is for, for tomorrow. And apparently, like. I tried to get all like creative with my meatloaf and I would do turkey meatloaf and put zucchini no, in it. And no, my family was it. like, stop ruining stop, the meatloaf. Because you're, you're messing with our sandwich game. <laughs> yeah, we just don't want your crappy turkey meatloaf. We just want meat in and the meatloaf. And then I put like, yeah, some good cheese on there and like a nice piece of arugula or, you know, a couple of those. That's... You haven't had a sandwich that didn't have arugula I know, on it. It's that's so true. funny. If it's going to, why not? Um, Mandarin <laughs> chicken salad is the... The one with the stupid oranges. But it also had the wonton crisp. Oh, I, Remember that? I, and the I hated sesame that. soy dressing. Hated, hated it. That was a popular one. Hey, and then we, Okay. We have a caller. I just want to oh, let you Yeah. Sure. You, you want to take her? Yeah. Okay. She we wants have, to talk about Dayton's. Yeah, I'm hoping. Jane, is this is this a call about this Marshall Fields and Dayton's situation? It is. It's Jan though, but oh, that's okay. Hi, okay. Jan. Thanks, Jan. <laughs> so I came from Chicago. So we had the original Marshall Yes, Field. you did. <clears throat> restaurant. Oh my God. And my favorite thing that I remember was the salad and the homemade croutons were unbelievable. Homemade croutons. Yep. <clears throat> oh my God. When I do my own croutons, which are really great, but the, you're reading in the recipe book and I've got the little libraries that are around our neighborhood. And that cookbook was in one of the little libraries. You're kidding. Like, oh my God. Score. Score. Yes. Cause it's got the Florida <laughs> chicken recipe. Oh, my God, it's all great recipes. And I remember the popovers, and I remember, you know, everything. I'm like, I got it right here. It's yes, so the twisted tuna salad. Yes. Oh, my God, that's all all great. Thanks, all great. Jan. I well appreciate done, you calling Jan. in. Well done, Congratulations on your find, honestly. The final recipe that I've posted was the specialty dessert that they did, which was mud pie. 
And I couldn't find the exact mud pie recipe, but I made these when I worked there. So I know exactly how you make them. Yeah. And the chart house, which was another restaurant I worked at years later, also had a mud pie and the recipe was the same. What so is it? like? It's uh, Oreo cookie crust with oh. coffee, ice cream pressed in and mounded. Then you frost it with hot fudge and you freeze all of that. And then you serve it with toasted nuts on the top, slice it and a bed of hot fudge. Weird. I made that pie a million a times. Lot. That was like my side work. Wait, can we come back to Florida chicken? What's Florida chicken? Oh, Florida chicken was like orange juice and orange marmalade with a grilled chicken breast. And then they had like this rice pilaf that it was served with. Oh and my a God, the rice salad. pilaf was endless. There was so much rice pilaf <laughs> everywhere in the 80s. And it was like, what the hell is this? Rice like, pilaf. why? Yeah, rice pilaf. You're it's like, just it's a little just bit rice. of veggies in there, rice, and it's usually oh God, a little and nuts. it was like, I. Never understood it. I never did. It made it a little more special. They did. Just I rice. mean, it was supposed to be fancier, and I was like, I don't get it. I'm not getting it. The chicken, walnut, and pine nut salad. Oh, I hated that. Oh, yum. I hated anything that had like a chicken salad that had grapes and walnuts. That whole Waldorfy thing. Yeah. That drove me insane. In fact, I still like if there are grapes in my. I don't. Why do we have to have grapes in chicken salad? I don't salad? like grapes in my. I don't like fruit in my salad. Me either. either. It's like you're going mayonnaise. Fruit, yes. Gross. Like why? Mayonnaise I don't understand and fruit that. Be going and that's together. a huge thing still today. I know Snicker salads with the Snicker and the no, apples. And that's a whole different thing. But I mean, like chicken, and then yeah, I mean, and that's a common thing. I know I'm the weird one here. Like <laughs> I know that's me. <laughs> So to be well, clear, when we come back, we're going to talk about <laughs> locals to love. But just let's have a moment during the break, a moment of silence for the Marshall Fields, Dayton's, Macy's, Lakeshore, Boundary Waters restaurant. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today, you guys. We are wrapping up the show, but it's been a fun one. We've talked a lot about cookbooks, stuff that's coming out this fall, and some of the ones from our past, I think, which is fun. Again, Mm -hmm. if you want to throw something up on the Facebook page about some cookbooks you'd like to cook along with us, I'll put a little question up there, um, and maybe we can drop drop some uh, ideas that maybe there's a book on your shelf that you've been meaning to get back into and we can kind of dig into that together. Sure. I think that would be fun. Oh, the silver palette. Yeah. I, that's a great one. I have it at my cabin. I'll get, I'll get us some ideas. Maybe we can, I have to, I have to find mine. I mean, honestly, I have two versions of that. I maybe bring one and then, um, and then I'll see if I can't, cause I don't know if I, I, I would have to dig hard for that one. That's not like always on your shelf. Nope, it's not. Oh, I know. No, it like didn't make it on, on the rotate. Like literally, yeah. that's in a bag because I haven't cracked that book in. I mean, forever. Yep. But there's some really esoteric ones, like some one that it was called Apples for Jam that I bought it, and I don't even remember who it's by, but it is. It is a beautiful book by this author. I don't even know who it is. And it's this wonderful thing. And I was flipping through it thinking, God, I bought this book because it spoke to me. And I think I must have cooked three things from it. Sunday Supper at Luke. Do you have that one? I have that one. Because I have two copies of that, too. That short rib recipe in that cookbook is, it takes two days to make it, but it's fantastic. That's so good. Um, A caller called and wants to know where to get the best Caesar salad at a restaurant. Um, here's the weirdest thing I'm going to tell you. It's pig ate my pizza. I, the Mike Brown has a weird Caesar salad dressing like recipe and it is, it's wonderful. I, but again, it's a very, it's not anything like super because Caesar salads, you can go either really anchovy and garlicky, like super hot and grainy, or you can kind of go, you know, kind of creamy and lovely. His is right in between that. And so I find that that one is one that I actually think about going to get yum you know what i mean what about you um 
I, I'm going to just say this horrible answer, but it's the only Caesar salad that's coming to mind that I really like and I've craved, and it's Panera Breads. Oof, no. I liked it. Did you? Yeah. I have never had anything good there, you guys. I swear to God. I've tried. But everything comes, like, tasting, like, chemical and no flavor and yeah i've not i'm not i'm just that's my personal experience and it's been a while because i used to eat them a lot when ellie was little and we'd go to swimming oh um another place that has a good caesar salad is um pizza luce oh great caesar salad at pizza luce and that's a little bit better answer so there you go that's a little bit better. a little you know local something that something a little bit is a good uh i will say that um Kurt makes a great Caesar salad dressing too, but his oh. is more on the anchovy garlicky side. I seriously have just been doing. Yeah. I mean, I really love a good hot. Me too. Like a with really real oh, anchovies God. on it and they're drenching. And the oil. emulsion, like how yes. you have to whip it, you know, so that it gets. He it mixes in the It's not processor. supposed to be white creamy. It's just supposed to be emulsified creamy. His is yellow. If you do it right. Because yeah. the mustard and yeah. the egg yolk. Yeah, I will tell you that my salad moment, like literally what I've been doing is I've been buying the creme fraiche and um, and just chopping chives into it and thinning it with buttermilk. And that's my dressing for Yum. everything. Add tarragon and let it sit for a minute. But tarragon, Yum. you don't. Here's my problem with tarragon. It's I you have to buy it fresh. I don't grow it. You know what I mean? And you can I, use the dried. I suppose I could. I don't. And right now, like I sort of feel like using dried is a weird I know it is I a don't little do weird, it. but certain herbs taste better dried, and tarragon is one of them. Okay, I'll give you that because I I use that to make ranch. Yeah, I don't so I ever. Have it. I buy it fresh for the crab when I do the crab cakes because that goes into crab mm-hmm. cakes, and so. But then I don't buy it ever because it just it wilts so fast. It does. It's a weak herb, <laughs> and then it's slimy and slippery, and that's bad. Like, uh, so bad. you know what else is a weak herb? Is cilantro. I think why mine mine lasts forever. I feel like oh, I feel like I can get two days out of it. Oh my then... god, I feel like I have cilantro. Like I'm like, when did we buy cilantro? <laughs> okay, here it here goes. It like put it on the nachos. <laughs> I guess we're having nachos because we have cilantro. You know, I'm getting ready because believe it or not, up north it's starting to turn. Oh, I know it's turning in my backyard. Yeah, yeah, the weather is getting cool, and so I'm getting ready to harvest my herbs and dry them. Uh, could do you think I can mix my dried lemon thyme with my dried thyme? You can, sure. I mean, why not? Just because I've got both plants, and yeah. I don't want to have like two. You'll just have a little bit of a l- lilt to your thyme. Yeah. Like it'll, it won't really affect it as much as it won't. It'll just be like a little bit of a lilt, I think. And like, I'm not going to dry the mint because ain't nobody got time for that. No, I bought mint the other day because I like I, the stuff it's, in my when yard. When you have to buy done. mint, it feels like a pain, it, a stabbing pain. It feels pain like because it just when you grow you're it, like, it's a weed. It grows everywhere and yeah. it takes over your yard and. Yeah, I've had to buy it, and I'm just like, I feel like I want to, the Creeping Charlie is the stuff that I want to, like, figure out how to eat. eat. You probably can. No, you can. It's an edible herb. It's actually an herb, but it's an invasive. As long as you're not spraying your yard or doing any of that. No, I'm just, right, dealing. I did catch a squirrel running away with one of my peppers that I gave you, but there was a, I literally walked out, and he was, like, looking at me, (laughs) and he had a pepper in his mouth. I'm like, Fine. Go ahead. Fine. I am leaving like tomatoes along the side of the garden that have already been half eaten. Yeah. I'm like, here, chipmunks, come get the rest and leave the rest of the leave. stuff up high alone. Yeah. I know. Seriously. I that's fine. I, and bears, you guys. Oh, like, the bears up north, are everyone out is and about talking about no how, blueberries yeah. and the bears are hungry, so be careful. 
Yes. We saw two bears this weekend. Did you really? Mm -hmm. They are coming down. They said that they're hitting bird feeders. So be careful with your bird feeders. They're just hitting everything. And thistle. One year I thought, oh, I'll have thistle because who's going to eat that? Well, a bird or bear came and took the feeder and ate the thistle and wandered off. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of bears out. Wow. That's a lot. Yes. That's a lot. Um, hey, I did want to mention that uh, that there's a sandwich pop-up tomorrow that I wanted you guys to be aware of. Um, El Norte Kitchen, which is, uh, you know, they do a really fun sort of Mexican vibe. Um, they're, they're teaming up with Sasquatch Sandwiches because you know how much I love a sandwich. We do. And um, they're at St. Paul Brewing tomorrow, and they are doing, um, they have just have a, a great sandwich pop up. It's and they're calling it the mashup, but it's like they've got an El Chupacabra, which is a you know they've got like a jalapeno cheddar brat situation, but they've also got a carne asada torta, which is what I would be looking forward to. Um, and they've got you know different kind of fun things. So okay, that's happening at St. Paul Brewing. Um, right. And the other thing I was going to mention was. Um, oh, that the F&B pop-up, the whole Farmers Union Birchwood Cafe pop-up that's happening in the Spoon River space is an, is a great way for you to kind of go and hang out and see, you know, like they have the heirloom tomato, you know, bacon BLT from the fair, but they've also got, you know, and they've got that blueberry key lime pie and all this kind of stuff, but they have a whole bunch of other things there too. So go check them out. Yeah. A lot of great fair food is popping up in the next 10 days as people pay homage. Homage. I know. Um, and here's the last little bit of the other things. The Ren Fest has finally been canceled fully and totally. They fought hard. They fought long and they were not happy about it, but they, uh, they are still doing feasts of fantasy. So they're going to do them in tents. So if you want to sign up for those big feasts, they're going to do them in tents outdoors and big spread out tables. So that should be fun. Yeah. There you go, everybody. Go have, have your a weekend. Great weekend. All right. Ciao, ciao.